was a conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Marjani Rawls to talk all about Mortal Kombat. We both watched this on HBO Mortal Max. Com- I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I cannot yell. So, you know, th- that's as good as you guys are all going to get this episode. But Marjani, we watched a movie. I got all of the characters confused, except for two. I knew who yeah. Scorpion and Sub-Zero were, and then I was like, I don't know any of these names right now. So that was fun. But let's just start with some overall thoughts on Mortal Kombat as, you know, a franchise, a property, if you will. I only played, I think, the first game that they released for PlayStation. I guess they're calling it one now. I don't even know. It was so long ago that I only remember a few characters from it. I had the first game. I had the first game on Super Nintendo. Uh, Sega Genesis was the one that had the blood on it. So I, I didn't I didn't have that one. I remember renting Mortal Kombat 2 from Blockbuster and playing that all night and trying to beat that. Then there was Mortal Kombat 3 and I believe Mortal Kombat Ultimate 3. And then there was Mortal Kombat 4, which I think I bought from GameStop. Like, like I had to like trade in a whole bunch of games to play that. I mean, I've played pretty much all of them, but in terms of movies... The 1995 film, and I think a lot of people would agree or like kind of point to this, that it's like the GOAT uh, video game film. That like, it, it's still not perfect, but it's so fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. It puts in a lot of like the game lore. And then when it comes to Annihilation, <laughs> that's like, it, it's funny how... People think like the 95 film is one of the probably one of the best video game movies ever made. And then Annihilation is probably the worst video game adaptation ever made. And then you come to 2021 where we got Mortal Kombat, which was kind of in development hell for a long time until James Wan got his hands on it, which is always a good which I mean, I thought was going to be a good thing. James (laughs) Wan is horror icon and you know he's a big he's also a big fan of the franchise yeah and i am going to correct myself i believe the game i had was mortal kombat trilogy which i guess was like an update to the third game or something because i was looking at the playstation games just now and i was like nope that's the cover and no idea which character i used to use the most but it may have been sub-zero i'm not 100 percent sure don't quote me on that but to dive into the movie I want to talk about the cast real quick because you have some familiar faces, but I want to say for the most part, I didn't know who a lot of the people were in this. I was familiar with McCod Brooks, who plays Jax from his time on Supergirl, and Louis Tan, who plays Cole Young, one of our main characters, has been in stuff here and there that I've seen. I can't really pinpoint any one thing, but you also have Jessica McNamee. Josh Lawson, Joe Taslim. I'm not 100% sure on that name. I'm probably going to butcher half of these. I'm so sorry. Matilda Kimber, Laura Brent, 
Chin Han, Ludi Lin, Max Huang, and, you know, just a bunch of other people who are kind of background characters. Or, you know, you have Cabal, who is in suit one person, but the voice is another person. So you have things like that two in this with a couple of characters, if I'm not mistaken, where it's just like voices versus, you know, actually seeing the people on screen. But overall, what do you think of the cast? Do you think they did a good job with what they were given? Yeah, I think obviously there's a lot of newcomers on on here. Um, I am familiar with, I, I don't, I'm not trying to butcher names like uh, Tananopu Asano, because he's from, he's in uh, Itchy the Killer. Okay. Uh, and I think he's also in 47 Ronin, too. Um, I'm also familiar with uh, Haruko Sonata. He's a great actor. Uh, I think as far as look and mannerisms, I think that everybody had it down. Cole Young is just made for the movie. So if you like, you're like, where is he in the game? He's not in the game. So. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like the protagonist that he's just kind of made a generic uh, creative character and stuff like that. You know, Lord Raiden, he's Raiden. Chin Han also, I mean, if you're, if you know, if you've seen Dark Knight, if you've seen Contagion, uh, I I think he's also in like Winter Soldier in Skyscraper. You would know him too. I think as the look for like Cabal and Melina and definitely Kung Lao. And Liu Kang, mm-hmm. they pretty much hit everybody a nail on the head from the from the game. Yeah, I definitely recognized like the outfits and everything, the suits, if you will. But I'm so bad with names that I was like, I can't keep these all straight because it's a it's a lot of characters in like they they dump. If you haven't been playing the game for a while, you'll be like, oh, I'm you know I recognize Liu Kang because he has the bicycle kick and the dragon. But like somebody like cabal you may not recognize because he's in mortal kombat 3 yeah and there was one character you mentioned who had you know the scary mouth melena or something like that and it's like i don't even recall anyone ever saying her name in the movie so i was just like okay she kind of felt like the character for me who really played on the horror elements that james wan is so good at because as soon as the mouth expands, you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of like Joker reborn into a horror movie and a woman's body. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was, when they included her in the movie, I was a little surprised that they didn't include Katana, because like Katana is her sister. So it was just like, oh, all right. Like, it's cool that she's kind of palling around with like Sang Sung. And obviously, like, you know, she has. The mouth and everything like that. I know, like some people may have complained early on, but I thought that it was pretty good in the movie. But you know, otherwise, like like we said, like I think everybody was just from a look and oh, look what he can do! Like it's especially with like Scorpion and Sub Zero. Like I'm like, all right, they're dead on. Like Scorpion, you know, with the get over here and, and the spear. And how that came about and like Sub-Zero with all his ice powers, especially with uh, I think there was one point in the final fight where he did like like that ice thing that he does where he does like an ice clone of himself. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's from Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, you could tell they really wanted to go 
hard on the video game elements of this, you know, like them kind of being able to transport to anywhere with, you know, Lord Raiden's powers. And one thing I noticed too is that, and you were saying this before we hit record here, it's like there was a little bit of story in this, but for the most part, it really felt like a huge reset on the universe and they want to make a lot of movies out of this. Yeah. I remember when I saw the film and when I was writing about it, it really felt as though this movie was a setup for the other movies that were going on. Because if you look at it, when you enter, it's like 17th century in Japan, then you have, you know, Hanzo and Bihan fight. And then, you know, Han and Bihan kill, like Hanzo's like family and freezes them to death. And then if you just kind of get into the Scorpion and Sub-Zero lore and, you know, that little blurb kind of goes out about like Mortal Kombat versus Earth Realm and the Outer Realm. And then it gets you to Cole. All right. Like he's like a, like an MMA fighter that's just kind of fighting for like chump change right now. He's on the downslide. And all of a sudden, like he has like this like dragon tattoo and then he, then everybody's trying to like get together in both of these clans to kind of fight. And the tournament is alluded to a lot, but it never really actually happens, which I think that they were really trying to do is like, okay, well, you know, if we do get a sequel, we're going to save that for the other movies. Yeah, I really thought that sometimes it's fine to not have like a ton of plot for a movie because you know going into something like this that it's going to be a little more about the action sequences than it is about the actual, you know, storyline because of the nature of the Mortal Kombat games. And, you know, it's kind of like if they were to make a Super Smash Brothers movie (laughs) these days and you would just kind of expect a lot of these characters that you're familiar with to pop in, have these great fight scenes, and then, you know, you don't have to necessarily see them in every single scene or something like that. You know, we have our main characters here, but overall, it felt like they kind of decided to forego the story in favor of setting up individual characters, bringing them together, and then building up to this thing that we don't get to see. Yeah, I mean, like, they go into the thing, like, you know, everybody finding their arcana and kind of, like, getting their their powers, which is kind of cool. Like, the banter between Sonya and Kano. Kano's funny as hell in this movie. Joss Lawson. Hilarious. He he basically gets Kano's, like, attitude down. He's pretty much, like, a uneasy ally. He's probably going to turn on them, but, like, you know, she kind of probably... Sonya promises him money that she probably will never get get him. But like you said, I mean, these fights, did you feel like there were a lot of cuts in them? There are a lot of cuts. Like it was like somebody would like do a a punch combination. Then we cut like to an aerial shot. Then we would cut to, you know, somebody down. And then all of a sudden like boom, boom, boom. And then fatality. 
I completely agree. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they probably had to use the stunt doubles a lot. And they just didn't want you to see that they were using the stunt doubles. Because, you know, if you watch low budget movies, and even if the stunts aren't on the level of something like Mortal Kombat, you can tell when a stunt double is being used and sometimes it just does not look good at all. So when you have intense fight scenes like this, they're going to be more inclined to try and hide that with the editing. And it felt like this suffered from that a little bit. And, you know, there are times where something gets edited so much to where it kind of gives me a headache to watch it. And I don't think this quite hit that level but it was coming close. I thought it was cool, like when you saw like Sub Zero basically like exploding Jack's arms with with the ice stuff. Um, what Sang Sung did with like Kung Lao, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, your soul was mine and everything like that. But like the fights, if you play Mortal Kombat Eleven, there are instances where like if you fight a guy and you punch him in the face at some point. You, like, break his jaw and and it goes into, like, this x-ray vision where you see his jaw break. A lot of the fights here, it didn't feel that way. It it didn't feel like even, like, the human people or stuff like that. It didn't feel like anybody was getting hurt until the end. Yeah. I mean, like you said, aside from the whole thing with Jax and his arms, it felt like a lot of stuff came in the last third of the movie and... It makes it feel like they did some story setup, but it's like, nah, they just wanted you to know that this guy fights in a cage and he's not very good at it and gets paid not very well to be not very good at it. (laughs) And he has a family. And is it just me or was that kind of the only setup aside from, you know, that opening scene with Scorpion and Sub-Zero? I see what they were trying to do with with Cole because Liu Kang... um... In the 1995 film, he had, like, a tie-in with uh, Sang Soon, who, like, killed his brother. And, like, he had this whole thing with Raiden's, like, you're not ready. Like, you have to, like, get your, uh, basically, like, your mindset to fight Sang Soon or something like that. Unless you'll die. Like, he'll kill you and stuff like that. And I felt like Raiden was trying to do that with Cole here. But I didn't really feel, like, the emotional attachment here. Like, I know that, like, they put, like, his family in peril a lot. Like, it's like, oh, Sub-Zero's at his house. Or, you know, like, like somebody's trying to kill his his wife and daughter. daughter. But, like, I didn't feel the attachment to Cole. Like, I felt more... I wanted to see more of the Scorpion and Sub-Zero story. Sub-Zero, as a villain in here, he's menacing. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of creepy. Like, when you're talking about, like, James Wan, who's a producer on this film... Like, that's kind of, like, the horror element. Uh, it was directed by Simon McQuad. McQuad. Uh, and then, you know, their kind of history and beef. And I know, you know, if they do a sequel, we get touched on. But they do it in the beginning of the movie. They set it up. And they don't really revisit it until the end of the movie. Like, he, Scorpion kind of goes in, in visions for Cole. And then they don't have, like, that ultimate showdown until the last of the third act. And unfortunately, that's the best plot line that they have other than this, like, tournament and the stuff brewing between Sang Soong and Raiden. um, I guess with Kung Lao and Lin Kuei. It's 
Like, it was like a whole bunch of things. It's like, oh, there's some storylines here that they could go into. But they didn't really dive into them way too much. There, It was just like, okay, well, we will wait for movie two and three to give you more of this. We're just giving you a little taste right now. Yeah, I'm hoping they do get to do another movie. I don't know what the numbers were on this, how successful it was on HBO Max, but it seems like quite a few people watched it, at least. You know, it's probably not going to do like Wonder Woman numbers or something like that, but even in theaters, it probably wouldn't have. And I think this is a genre of movies that a lot of people like because even if you weren't into the video games when you see the marketing and the different suits and things like that and the fact that it's a fight movie you know people are going to go see that in theaters especially and I'm kind of glad though that we had the chance to watch this on HBO Max for 30 days or whatever it was because I don't know if they nailed it enough to get people as excited for a second movie as they were hoping. So worldwide box office is about $74 million. So it was like $39 million here and then $34 million international. Okay. Which, I mean, for a Mortal Kombat movie, okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's not terrible considering, like, it opened in, I think, 3,000 theaters. We're not all the way open yet, I guess. With things opening up, at least on the East Coast, this week, this weekend, jeez. But um, the numbers will look way better for, say, like A Quiet Place Part 2 or a Fast and Furious 9. So, like, $74 million is not that bad. I don't know what, like, the numbers, I'm not sure what the HBO Max numbers is, but I think a good amount of people did watch Mortal Kombat on there. I think it does get a sequel, and especially what, like, they kind of allude to in... You know, at the end with Johnny Cage, that's pretty cool. But I don't, I mean, a lot of people who like the game will like this movie because there is just, there's enough characters here. You're like, oh man, like, you know, like Luke Kang has his, you know, like Dragon Fatality and, you know, like Raiden and Sang Sung has like a instance where he uses his like soul sucking fatality. Like it's cool. It's all cool to see. It's just that, like, plot-wise, uh, uh, it's not all the way there. And and some people, you know, they just might go for an action movie just to see the action. It's just that I, f- I wish that, uh, other than the fatalities that happened, like, the action hit a little harder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, other than mm-hmm. the fight with Kano and Sonya in the house, or in the, like... The mobile home? The house or compartment or the mobile home. I didn't feel, or like at the end with uh, Scorpion Sub-Zero in some points, I didn't feel like it really, especially with an R rating, it could have took advantage of that. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, oh man, like I, you can see a lot more blood and stuff like that. It, I'm like, oh, this is, it, it kind of feels almost, instead of like, you know, the cuts in half and at the end and... Things, you know, what happened with Jax and stuff like that, like in Molina, it didn't feel very much R-rated to me. And I think that there's a market for that. And hopefully they, you know, HBO, God knows what happens, you know, with the sale now, but they take advantage of that in the next movie. The only moment that really felt like R-rated 
was when was her name Shriek and she gets like cut in half brutally by the hat. <laughs> yeah, by by Kung Lao's hat, yeah. I will give them that. That moment was intense and very gory, but it felt like this got an R rating simply because of the gore factor. Like they really really wanted you to see the blood in this movie. Oh yeah. But other than that, it was just like okay, someone got their arms ripped off and someone got cut in half. And it's like, that's where it kind of ended. They didn't really, I guess they did some stuff with, you know, Kano's language and things like that to where they would definitely get that R rating. But it was an interesting move. You almost wonder if this would have done better if they had just gone PG-13 with it. Yeah, I mean, like the 1995 one, it went PG-13. It was kind of like, now it's kind of like a cult film now um i mean i don't know like because you from a mortal Kombat movie like you want the brutality like right. that's i believe like in this movie that was a selling point it's just that i was kind of disappointed that they it felt like it was a pg-13 box and then they're like all right let's dial it up with the kills you know what i mean like you can take advantage of that all the way through Especially because, like, this movie got delayed at one point. I was like, okay, well, like, maybe they're they're trying to add some more stuff into it. And they, they didn't end up doing it. Yeah. Like we've mentioned, there's not a whole lot of story to this either. So there's not really, like, a ton to dig into with this one. But they did do some setup at the very, very end where they show you the Johnny Cage poster. And you know because of how they linger on it, you're like, okay. They definitely have this character planned for the next movie. And you have the fact that your main character, you know, is just kind of going to be like, nah, peace out. I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah, I think that with the sequels, I believe that uh, Jessica McCamey said that she wanted to do like... Because obviously, like, Sonya and Johnny Cage have, like, a relationship. And then you have uh, Sonya's sister, Cassie, or, or Johnny's, like, with Cassie Cage. Like, she wanted to bring that back in future sequels, like, their, their child. Um, of course, you have to bring Katana in because you had Melina there. Uh, and maybe you can have, you know, the actual tournament. Uh, you know, like, Sub-Zero gets replaced by a good Sub-Zero, I believe his brother, in the sequel. And then the original Sub-Zero turns into Noob Cybot, which is basically the shadow version of Sub-Zero. So you go into that or you could bring, somehow bring back the original Sub-Zero that died. I mean, like, there's a lot of ways they could go. And there are a lot of characters that they could bring into this. It's just that, like, okay, well, you spent the entire movie kind of, like, hinting at, like, Earthrealm almost, you know, losing nine in a row and almost losing a tenth. Now you have a formidable foe to Outworld and Sang Sung. Now you can kind of play up the lore between Sang Sung and Raiden and how that goes into goes into everything. Mortal Kombat Annihilation tried to do this, but they it hilariously failed. Like it was really bad how they failed. They had like Raiden turn into a human. It's it just he had like buzz cut hair. It, it was just, it was crazy how they did that. And of course, you have, you know, Shallow Khan that like looms in the background, like, and Shinnok and all the, and Quang Chi. 
there's a lot of ways that they could do in these sequels. It's just that you have to build now that you've entered us back into this world and want to tell the story. Now you have to give us some meat to the bone. You know what I mean? Like you have to give us some plot. Right. And even though there were a lot of characters in this movie, there are still a lot of unused characters for future installments. And you have your obvious characters who can come back from this movie. But, you know, there have been, what, 11 games now? And if I'm not mistaken, the most recent game doesn't really introduce new Mortal Kombat characters. It's more that they include characters like Terminator and Spawn and a few others. So obviously, you would have to work out a lot of rights stuff to get certain characters. But I wonder if there's a way to make it so that you kind of leave a big character reveal out of a trailer and you have that element of surprise in the movie because even though I didn't watch any of the trailers or anything for this really, I'm sure some of them played on TV at some point when I just had the TV on, but I wasn't really paying attention to them. I just saw this pop up in HBO Max and was like, okay, I'll get around to watching that. And I waited until almost the last possible weekend to do so. But For me, it felt like there weren't any big surprises in this, really. Did you feel the same way? Um, I was I was surprised that they kind of went with um, Cole as like the main protagonist guy. I like this guy, like this MMA fighter that is trying to make a buck and is like, oh, well, like you're a champion. Like you have like this and like Sonya and Jasper like looking for him. Like I was surprised that they went that route because, I mean, they're setting up. I guess you could, like, set up Liu Kang. I guess they're setting up Liu Kang. Because, like, Liu Kang is usually, like, the main protagonist. And, like, he was in the 95 one. And and Johnny Cage and Sonya and Raiden were kind of, like, more supporting characters and stuff like that. But um, there are enough characters in Mortal Kombat lore that I'm not sure they would introduce, like, ones like Predator and... uh, like the Terminator and stuff like that. Cause they could go into like the elder gods. They could go into, um, believe. Yeah. You could go with, uh, Jax's daughter. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like they would call up, uh, Sylvester Stallone is like, Hey, you want to play John Rambo? And, <laughs> and, and like the new, uh, Mortal Kombat movie, there's so much that they could do, but it depends on like, like, what games do they want to, like, peer into? Because Mortal Kombat 4 has, is almost like a reset to everything. And then, you know, Mortal Kombat 11, like, has, like, characters like Chronica, who's, like, this big Celestial who's trying to, like, end the world. So, I mean, like, I believe that Joel Taslam said that he signed on to play four, for at least four more movies. So... I don't know, like everybody, hey, listen, if you're, especially from horror fans and with another Saw coming out this weekend, you know, as long as these keep on making money that are like, they turn a profit, like they'll keep making them. So it's a lot you can go on, even though, you know, like everything, by the time the sequel is made, like it'll be back in theaters, like, like, you know, like HBO It's sad that, like, you know, this is the only year that they're doing the whole, like, on HBO Max and theaters experiment. So last year and this year are just going to be so 
tough to sort of figure out for a lot of studios because stuff did come out, but maybe it didn't do as well as they were expecting because theaters were closed and obviously things are opening up more now, but it feels like there's still a good amount of people who aren't going to the theaters just yet to where it's going to be really hard for them to gauge, you know, would this have done better had the circumstances been different? And I think in most cases, the answer will be yes to that question. So then it's like, okay, do they take a chance on a Mortal Kombat sequel, regardless of what the numbers are for this first movie? And hope that, you know, maybe the second one gets enough hype and gets enough people out to go see it just because theaters are open again, you know, and I think people are definitely going to be going to theaters maybe a little more than usual because they didn't get to do it for so long and because of the fact that there are so many things coming out over the next few years, especially since everything got moved. But for me, as someone who is not as familiar with Mortal Kombat, what do you think they could do to get people who aren't super familiar more enthusiastic about a sequel? See, it's kind of like what you just mentioned. It's really hard for a studio or for people like us who like talk about movies because we, I mean, you and I, like especially on this podcast and other ones, have gone through a breadth of genres and stuff like that, but we haven't really endeared a like movie year like 2020 which was so weird and then first part of 2021 uh i would assume that a quiet place part two would be the big gauge of are people going to go back to theaters in, in droves and also because like theaters are still at like 50 percent capacity so it's just that i don't i mean for what for what warner it's hard again. Like Warner is so in flux right now. What mm-hmm. Warner can do is, I mean, I, they did a good job in this movie, like basically identifying everybody. So if you're a gamer, you're upset because you know who Liu Kang is, you know who Cabal is. They look just like them, and I'm, I'm assuming like when they cast Johnny Cage, it's gonna look like it's gonna look like Johnny Cage. Uh, for the non people, I mean, I don't know. It, it's because it's it's a like say like if you made a Call of Duty movie, right? that's just a war movie. You know what I mean? Like or Halo. Halo's more suited to go on like a Netflix and stuff like that. Like you learn who Master Chief is. I I think that obviously you would have to add a little bit more plot, but I it's so hard to gauge what people would do. That I think that you have to, with marketing and everything like that, and how mar- how weird marketing is this year, you kind of just have to stay the course. Still, still build the movie as like a a good film that is going to want people, especially like non uh, uh, people who've not played the game before, have only played like, hey, I remember Mortal Kombat One or Mortal Kombat Two on you know my Super Nintendo or my PlayStation One or Two. Give them enough story and enough characters that they care about to the point where, like, all right, I got to look this up. Like, I have to catch up. Like, why yeah. is, you know, why is Sang Sung doing this? Why is, you know, Shinnok and Quang Chi working together to, 
you know, do this or why, why is like Outworld like this? Like, I think that you have to start doing foundations like this. They did this with Scorpion Sub-Zero. I was like, you know, although I knew the lore, like if I didn't know the movie, like why, you know, I'm like, I get why they hate each other and I get why there will always be a blood feud between them. It's just that I felt like they didn't really do that with anything else. Right. And that you introduced them back so late. (laughs) that was like all right well you know it's like they tried to hint at it with cole's dreams and stuff where he was kind of seeing the weapons and bits and pieces from scorpion and for me this wasn't a terrible movie if you want some pretty good fight scenes you'll definitely get those in this movie and you know the cgi isn't perfect but You have some great set pieces, the suits look pretty good, and while they might not look like the original ones for Sub-Zero and Scorpion in particular, I think they changed them in a way that made sense for the kind of story they were telling and all of this stuff, but for me, you know, I'd probably watch another one of these. I think I gave this like a two two and a half let me check here but Merjani, for you was this sort of just one of those things where you were like yeah i'm going to watch this but i don't really have super high expectations for it yeah i mean i watched it and i enjoyed parts of it i just wanted i just wanted a little bit more like i gave it a c like i gave it like a c yeah like maybe like I thought C minus was a little too harsh, like because it did give, but like a, a C, like it, it's a movie that I watched. I'm not sure if I will watch it again. Right, I think I would, but if they came out with a sequel, I would be interested in it. I'm like, okay, well, how did they improve upon the original reboot? That's where my mind is at. Like, I'm like, okay, you kind of gave me the movie to the movie, <laughs> so like, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's like, okay, so the movie starts now. But in all seriousness, they kept it under two hours, which was good. I think if they had gone any longer, it would not have worked out very well in their favor for, you know, doing a sequel or something like that. Because I think for the most part, you know, I did check and I gave this a two and a half. And that seems to be where kind of a lot of people are. It's a very middle of the road movie, which... You know, there are lots of of middle-of-the-road movies out there that get sequels, and there are lots of not-so-great movies that get sequels, and we don't really understand why. But, Merjani, for the fans of Mortal Kombat, what would you recommend they also check out? Play Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11 is a great fighting game, and, of course, there's Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. It has, you know, John Rambo as Terminator, as Predator a lot of characters that you can check out. Like uh, the DLC story mode is also awesome. I think it has a RoboCop in it too. Yeah, it has RoboCop in it. So like definitely check that out. You can also check out the Injustice video uh, games. Check out like uh, I think DC Universe Mortal Kombat. Check that out as well. I think they, fingers crossed that they're making another Injustice video game. I'm, soon i want to believe or hope (laughs) we'll see yeah we'll see but yeah like definitely pick up mortal kombat 11 i think it's kind of discounted now yeah and play your heart out yeah fight 
movies and games haven't been a huge part of my life by any means. So I was kind of thinking through things I could recommend. And so I'm going to lean towards an action movie with very, very well done fight scenes. And that is John Wick. You can watch the first one or you can watch all three. I highly recommend all of them. But, you know, start with the first one. And it's a different kind of movie. But I think the way that the fight scenes are choreographed will just really make you appreciate that sort of art form in cinema. (laughs) And it's just a fun time. Yeah, no, definitely watch John Wick, all the movies. And when does four come out? I have no idea. Marjani, I do not know when anything is coming out anymore. I have lost track. Yeah, I feel like release dates are all over the place now. Since it seems like the world is uh, opening up, now we're getting things in rapid fire. Okay, John Wick Chapter 4 comes out May 27, 2022. So in about a year. (laughs) Yeah. That is when you can watch that. Fingers crossed if nothing gets pushed back. Yeah. Well, Marjani, I know we didn't have too terribly much to say about Mortal Kombat, but, you know, we definitely watched it. It wasn't the worst way to spend a couple hours. And thank you for joining me to discuss it today. Eh, no problem. No problem. It's always, uh, always good to get on the show. All right, everyone. That does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.